0: again to gamble on the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com i'm eric raskin u.s Bets managing editor and media director and i'm joined by our senior analyst pulitzer prize finalist john brennan and john a simple question to start if belichick had put you out there on defense instead of gronkowski you would have made the tackle right
1: oh well that's that's a good one uh 2018 osteoarthritis uh john <laughs> no uh let me think um 1988 john was uh I was dating a, t- a varsity tennis player, and um, she pounded the ball. She beat me six nothing, six nothing, uh, in our first date, which I was surprised. <laughs> you gotta toss the guy the game, right? I mean, you gotta give him a bone. But I didn't get that. But uh, uh, I, I could beat her on on clay courts because I was so fast that I could outrun the ball when she'd pound a return. So uh, thinking of that, I would say, yeah, I could have uh, closed that corner. Uh, 1988, John, um, okay. I was six, I was six foot 150 pounds, so I would have been put on the IR immediately, but yes, I would have made a tackle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. I will not ask for your, uh, your current weight, but I, uh, I assume you're still six foot, right? That hasn't All changed. Right.
1: Uh, well, it's five eleven now Five eleven uh... now. Okay. A little shrinking going on. All right. Yeah. A little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll say this about that dolphins Patriots ending. I can't imagine a more thrilling, delightful way to lose a bet. You know, if if the Dolphins were going to get over six and a half wins and blow up my bet, at least they did it in style at the expense of the eternally hateable Patriots. Absolutely. All right. Well, turning our attention from the eternally hateable to the eternally lovable, i.e. your Gamble On hosts, Raskin and Brennan, uh, we want to thank everybody out there for joining us for episode number 19 of Gamble On. If you missed any of our previous 18 episodes, you can find them all on SoundCloud or on iTunes or the Apple podcast app where you can subscribe so you never miss another one going forward.
1: And uh, coming up a little later on the podcast, we'll be speaking to the American Gaming Association's senior vice president of public affairs, Sarah Slane, about the state of sports betting and the challenges of speaking publicly about the subject, uh, often with or in front of people who are far less knowledgeable about it than she is. Uh, We know about that too. Uh, But first, we have a lot of news to cover, so let's start the show. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week: an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling.
0: We kick off the news segment with the New Jersey Revenue Report that came out yesterday. Always worthy of analysis on Gamble On when those numbers drop. And the numbers were big this month. Sports betting Handle went from $260 million in October to $330 million in November. The books won at a better rate than the previous month and made $21 million in revenue. And the dominance of the online sector just keeps getting more pronounced. Of that $330 million in Handle... $238 million came from online, $92 million from brick and mortar. Uh, in terms of individual sites, DraftKings is still on top, but FanDuel closed the gap a little with Sugarhouse uh, starting to come on strong. And land-based, it's Meadowlands, followed by Ocean in Atlantic City, uh, the old Revel showing some signs of life, and then Monmouth Park in third. So lots of numbers, uh, no huge surprises in my opinion. Uh, what stood out to you, John?
1: Yeah, I mean, for a new enterprise, I'm still surprised at the consistency of the numbers. I mean, it's like one of those numbers progression lists where you have in high school where uh, you have to name the next number. Uh, casinos <laughs> and racetrack <laughs> handle in millions, right, is August to November, 74, 79, 86, 92. Hmm. So December should be perilously close to 100 but may right. not quite get there. Yeah. But for online, it goes like this in millions of dollars per, per month, 22, 105, 174. 239. So next is right around 300. So in just six months, I think online triples brick and mortar and the trend line seems destined to continue.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, path that, that you've charted there. And uh, yeah, the, the, one one is growing, one is growing exponentially. Um, one thing uh, that, that you pointed out uh, in your article after the revenue report came out, John, uh, was that the House has been having its best success with parlay bets, uh, with an 8.8 percent hold there. <laughs> Further evidence uh, that they are sucker bets, uh, but it won't stop me from dabbling in them occasionally.
1: Well, there are people who do win parlay bets on occasion it's it's not gonna be you but somebody will (laughs) it's never gonna be me no it's not gonna be you
0: (laughs) I'll 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 digress slightly to note that uh this past week uh when uh, FanDuel Sportsbook was running their uh parlay insurance that you if you do a four-team parlay if you get three out of four you get your money back I tried one of those on four NFL games against the spread and I did get the three out of four so I got my money back Okay, that's a (laughs) consolation, I guess, I I guess. Um, One other thing to touch on here with the revenue report, of course, it's not all about sports betting. Uh, There's other stuff in the in those reports. And for the second month in a row, it was a record breaking month for online casino in New Jersey. Twenty six point nine million in revenue with Golden Nugget leading the way. Uh, And my original online gaming love, online poker continues to decline. Uh, We'll see if Pennsylvania can start to turn that around.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing that uh online casino, basically slot machines for, for the most part, uh just continues to kill it. I think the word of mouth is getting around and doing that. And yeah, the poker um was kind of the driving force to getting this legalized five years ago in the first place <laughs> it is languishing.
0: Yep. All right, moving on to our second story this week. Uh, This is a story about a company that will start showing up on those revenue reports soon. Uh, PointsBet got approval this week to begin a soft launch of its operation in New Jersey. Listeners will recall that we had PointsBet's chief innovation officer, Seth Young, on the podcast a few weeks ago. Seth told us about his excitement to introduce PointsBet to U.S. customers. But if you missed that podcast and you don't know what PointsBet is, it's the sports betting site where it matters how much you win or lose by. If I bet $1 on the Golden State Warriors to cover as 10 point favorites, if they win by 15 points, I win $5. If they lose by 10, I lose $20. There are big potential swings, uh, but if you see a blowout coming, you can really win big. Uh, it's interesting, it's different, it's fun. Do you see it taking off in New Jersey, John? And is it at all dangerous? Are people going to burn through their bankrolls dangerously quickly with points bets?
1: Well, it's for the right better. Uh, I think one significant issue that's overlooked is it's, it's the second of three potential skins in partnership with the Meadowlands racetrack. Um, operator Jeff Garral's recent comments seem to clarify that there's no chance of some kind of Meadowlands branded and run skin. So another outside operator uh, seems inevitable. Uh, as for points bet, uh, I thought of it when I had the Bears un- Rams under 52 on Sunday night. And mm-hmm. The final was about half that. <laughs> right. And also Seahawks Rams I had the next night under uh, 42. And it was three nothing late in the game. Uh, but meanwhile, I also had the Cardinals plus eleven and a half over the Chargers recently, and the Cardinals had a field goal try to take a thirteen nothing lead, and they went up losing by thirty two points. <laughs> so it's the last game that's the reason why I wouldn't be a big points bet high roller. I'm too risk averse. Uh, You can set maximum highs and lows, and I'd probably only go maybe seven extra points either way to keep my highs and lows manageable. Um, I think experts could have a field day with this by adding in-game betting to hedge and double down. Hmm. Uh, But I spoke with the CEO in Las Vegas in September, and uh, they already have this in his native Australia. And he said they have figured out how to avoid taking too big a bath. So uh, it definitely feels like betting on steroids. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But um, again, this being a legal uh, enterprise at least, um, you have to have the money in your bankroll to make the bet. So you right. can't just uh, you know, throw it out there and then get killed on it and now you owe so much money and a guy with a, a rough nose uh, shows up and uh, says you better pay or else and all that. Yeah, so right. um, it's risky, but I think um, it being legal <laughs> with, the, with the regulations, um, I think it's, it's a niche really right. in the end.
0: Yeah, it's just it's a higher variance way of betting as your little example of of the three games that you bet recently proves that, you know, you can you can get a a couple of big wins uh, with going with those spreads and then and then you might take a big loss and you're just it's just much more swingy. And so the key is for the better. It's all about bankroll management that, that people need to understand to bet smaller than they normally would. Or, like you said, uh, set those points limits. I can only win or lose this amount on this game. Uh, but, you know, for, uh, using myself as an example, you know, on my online accounts, I typically bet about $10 on a game. I know uh, da- Daddy Warbuck's over here. Um, so at points bet, I should be making $1 bets probably. Uh, you know if you're the type who typically bets about $100 on a game, you probably want to make $5 or $10 type of bets. Yeah, you have to be cautious if you want to make your bankroll last. But if you're into high risk, then you can win a lot. Uh, imagine if you'd bet $100 on the over in that Rams Chiefs game, <laughs> you, you would have won like 5000 bucks. Um, anyway, it, it's fun, it's different. I like fun and different. And I like that the sweat never ends, uh, especially once you hit an over. That's got to be a blast to just keep rooting for more points risk free.
1: Yeah. And also, I think while in game betting obviously is incredibly successful, there mm-hmm. are traditional batters who want to just bet the game. Mm-hmm. And if you have the under or over, let's say, in a game and it's pretty much settled at halftime, you're kind of done. Um, even though you could do in-game betting, it might not be for you, but this way it really adds to the interest. Now, if you're in trouble at halftime, you're in a panic and you're praying for the, your punters are your best friends. But, uh, but if you, like you say, if you have the over, like the Rams chiefs, you're just like reveling in every, uh, every touchdown. And, uh, if you're out in a, in a sports bar in particular, uh, it's pretty exciting to like, no, you've already won and you win more and you win more and you're high-fiving and buying drinks and it's kind of exciting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, uh, our third story this week is a huge change of pace. Uh, This is something that has been a big story in the gambling world for a couple of weeks, but we haven't covered it on the podcast until now. On November 29th, Lance Bradley of Pocket Fives, a one-time Gamble On interview guest, Wrote a story about a hundred thousand dollar prop bet between poker players Rory Young and Rich Alati. Alati uh, had to spend 30 days in a bathroom with no light and no interaction with the outside world. Uh, that was that was the bet. Could he last 30 days? And Lance's story went viral. Uh, people from all walks of life were fascinated by this. Well, on Monday night. Twenty days into the bet, with Alati apparently hanging in there just fine, they negotiated an early buyout—basically uh, the cash-out option on the sports betting sites. As uh, <laughs> as Young paid Alati sixty-two thousand four hundred dollars, and the bet was over. Uh, what do you think, John? Uh, three thousand dollars a day to live in a dark bathroom for three weeks—is uh, it worth it?
1: I, I'm kind of on two minds of this. Uh, on the one hand, uh, you know, sometimes you see someone act in a way that. Seems like a cry for help. Uh, but in this case, I see two people with a cry for help <laughs> on, the, on each end. Uh, at least that's how most of us uh, who don't have the Mr. Vegas bone in our body see it. Right. You know, they really are wired differently. I mean, in case that isn't already obvious. And um, I was encouraged to read that this, this very likely won't cause any lingering physical effects. So that's good. Um, <laughs> and I guess if they're two consenting adults, I mean, OK, I'll, I'm going to roll with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the the point that uh, they're wired differently is a good one. Poker players are interesting people. Uh, as one of the ESPN production guys told me uh, for an interview in in what ended up going into my book, The MoneyMaker Effect. There's a saying that the only thing more interesting than a poker pro is the guy sitting next to him. Uh, that 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 seems to apply to to these type of guys who are willing to make these uh, sort of crazy bets. Uh, it, it was interesting uh that young had also hedged his initial wager he had made a, a a side bet with someone else uh so that he didn't stand to lose or win quite $100,000 no matter what <laughs> um but uh certainly good good move on the buyout uh by by young uh you figure if Alati has made it to 20 days He's making it the whole 30. Uh, and, and meanwhile, bad move by Alati not getting odds at the outset. Young admitted he probably would have given him odds if he'd negotiated. Uh, that's how sure Young was that Alati couldn't do it. Uh, but Alati uh, proved him wrong.
1: Yeah, I, I prefer uh, hedging on uh, uh, abstract bets than human behavior. That's just me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview.
0: As the Vice President of Public Affairs at the American Gaming Association, Sarah Slane oversees the AGA Communications, Government Relations, Ally Development, Research, and Campaign-style public affairs initiatives. She also lays the smackdown on representatives of the pro sports leagues and anti-gambling lobbyists when necessary. And she joins us now on the podcast. Sarah, welcome to Gamble On.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. The no, it huh? <laughs> is.
0: In, in a verbal sense, of course.
2: <laughs>
0: um, so, a big part of your job seems to be uh, correcting slash debating people who are misinformed or who have an anti gambling agenda or just informing people who are under informed. Uh, what's the biggest hurdle you consistently come up against in terms of trying to communicate the AGA's position and trying to better inform the public?
2: Um, you know, I would say that, there, that the biggest hurdle that we always have to overcome is the perceptions or misperceptions about the industry. Um, you know, unfortunately, we are having to deal with the sort of cor- course correction of the the good old mafia days and, um, and gambling. And so, you know, really removing those stereotypes and talking about how heavily regulated we are as an industry Mm-hmm. And demonstrating that is a lot of what we end up doing.
0: Right. It it, it seems like there's a, a fair amount of, uh, you know, making clear for people that you're not introducing gambling that doesn't already exist. You're trying to regulate uh, the, that we're looking to regulate forms of gambling that are already out there. There are a lot of people that, that feel like that, that don't seem to recognize how much illegal gambling I- is going on.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, Illegal gambling and that, you know, uh, gaming at this point in time is omnipresent. I mean, we're in 40 states. It's a $260 billion industry. You know, we employ over 1.8 million people. So, you know, it's, it's it's a part of the American economy. And in the communities in which we're located, you know, we've demonstrated and exhibited a strong partnership um, there and have employed thousands of people in the local communities and support a lot of the small businesses, um, as well. So, you know, that's the story that we constantly have to kind of get out there and tell and push back then again on some of those misperceptions about who we are and what we do and how we operate in partnership with the communities where we're located.
1: Yeah, Sarah, I've seen you recently at the Ice Sports Betting USA event in uh, in Manhattan and at the Global Gaming Expo in Las Vegas in September. Uh, You seem very comfortable speaking spontaneously before a crowd. Um, You probably know that uh, that consistently is listed as one of the things that most terrifies the average person. (laughs) So can you tell us whether it comes easily to you or you just make it look like it it does?
2: Oh, well, thank you for that compliment. Um, You know, it's something that everyone has to work at. I, I don't was not necessarily uh, inclined or talented um, in, in public speaking, but, you know, after a time, you know, you certainly get more comfortable and, um, and, and, you know, the thing is, is your arguments development, your facts around what it is that you're trying to present hard and you know, it becomes easier. And so you know, sports betting has obviously been the topic du jour for the industry for the past three years. And so I've just had a lot of experience now in formulating responses and shaping arguments and shaping um, positions on the industry. And, you know, again, really setting the record straight on what it is that we do. Hmm.
0: Um, well, speaking of the sports betting becoming the, the central focus, you know, really gambling in general, but particularly this sports betting vertical, Tends to be a male dominated industry, as uh, I assume you've noticed. Uh, are there. Uh, <laughs> no, are there... I, I had not noticed that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> glad, glad I could point it's it so out weird. for you then. Yeah. Really? Um, mm. So are, are there any challenges you face, Sarah, that are specific to your standing as a woman in this male dominated industry?
2: Um, you know, it's always tough because. It, I, Yes, I mean, certainly. I think that it is definitely a heavily male-dominated industry, and um, certainly when you look at women in leadership positions, it's something that, you know, I know that every industry struggles with, and I know the gaming industry does as well, and you know, I think there's been some real um, leaders in this area. Certainly, MGM has been a real leader um, in their diversity programs, and you know, promoting from within and promoting women. So it it is something that, you know, everyone has to actively and consciously, um, be, uh, aware of and, you know, take, take the steps then to make sure that there are, you know, promoting from within and that, um, you know, that, that, that we do recognize that this is certainly an issue for us and that that's something that we're willing to tackle. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I've lived in Las Vegas. I obviously I worked for MGM for for years, and um, you know I noticed something that that it is that the industry does take seriously, and you know wants to be a leader on.
0: So so it, you would say uh, over the course of your time in the industry, it, it's getting or has gotten better. It's it that it's there seems to be improvement on that front.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I I, I think it's it's a. It's a tough issue. It's a it's one in which, you know, it's going to require a long term commitment. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, But I do, you know, do see that the industry is putting a good foot forward and making that happen.
1: All right. Yeah. So, Sarah, uh, many people I know in and out of the gaming industry, they're surprised to learn that I don't spend uh, most of my free time <laughs> poring over changes in point spreads or even yeah. thinking about making a wager. Uh, <laughs> can you talk about to what extent actually risking money on a sporting event takes up any of your time? And do people make the same assumptions about you?
2: Um, so I am not a sports better, which, you know, I actually think is probably a good thing because <laughs> I'm not um, – I'm not a sports better and I'm not a big fanboy either. So I, I mean, I grew up in a a household with my father who is a huge sports fan and also a huge sports gambler. Um, he lives in Las Vegas and it's just, it's something that he really loves doing and spends a lot of time doing in his, um, in his pastime, he's retired now, but, um, not something that I do personally. Um, but I, you know, I, I, Obviously, have no problem with it. Um, I know that people enjoy doing it. Um, you know, I, I see the, the benefit certainly from a legal sports betting market versus an illegal, an illegal one. But honestly, I'm more of a poker player than I am um, a sports better.
0: Mm, okay, I didn't realize that you had a a, a poker background. Uh, have you <laughs> how 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 high how high and uh, poker, stakes do you I go mean, there? I
2: play with my children, so okay. <laughs> my, who are seven and nine years old. But um, we do have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I, you know, I grew up with my my grandmother taught me. She also had um, some slot machines in her house, so um, pretty sure she had some illegal gambling that was happening there. But um, <laughs> It's a it's a fun, you know, it's certainly a fun pastime. And it's it's something that, yeah, I certainly I do enjoy doing.
0: And and are you good at uh, spotting when the seven year old and the nine year old are bluffing?
2: <laughs> They're getting really good. They're really. Um, and I'm just not lucky. I mean, they they whoop me every time. They take <laughs> a lot of pleasure in that, too. <laughs>
0: Great stuff. Well, uh, it it has been uh, really fun talking to you, Sarah, and and very informative. If anyone wants to learn more about the AGA and what they do, they can go to americangaming.org. Sarah, thanks so much for coming to talk to us on Gamble On.
2: Of course. Thank you so much. Have a good day.
0: You too. Thank you.
1: Two men. $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll.
0: We'll get to the Fast Five shortly, but we start, as always, with our shared bankroll. And for the second week in a row, John carried me. Uh, John gave us two winners, uh, Army-Navy under 40.5 points for a profit of $150, and Atlanta United Soccer on the money line for a profit of $87. As for my two bets, uh, one of them pushed, that was Navy plus 7, and the other lost. I put $220 on Vasily Lomachenko to win by knockout. And it could have happened with a more conservative ref. Uh, Lomachenko scored two knockdowns in the 11th round and was really dishing out a beating. But, alas, it went the distance, so we lost there. That means... That combined, we had a winning week by a grand total of $17. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, my under bet on the Dolphins win total that I made before the NFL season began is officially a loser, thanks to the miracle in Miami that we discussed at the top of the podcast. So the $200 we had on that moves from the on-hold category into the lost money category. Uh, there was some good news on other futures bet fronts, however— Uh, Big win for the Browns. uh, So we just need one more there. Uh, Mahomes for MVP took a positive step. He's now the favorite over Breeze again. And the Bears, who we got at minus three eighty to win the NFC North, are now minus ten thousand. Anyway, we are currently in the black by two hundred eighty seven dollars and we have one thousand eight hundred fifty dollars tied up in futures bets leaving us the nice round sum of $8,437 to bet with this week. All my calculations are going to be harder from here out because of uh, that $87 win on the Atlanta United. Uh, In any (laughs) case, uh, I am up first uh, with a bet this week. And since you've been carrying the team lately, I'm going to allow you some input into one of my bets. Uh, There have been a lot of upsets lately in the NFL. It seems every week two or three big underdogs are winning outright. So I picked two that I'm considering for a money line bet. I think they're live dogs. Uh, The Cardinals at plus 350 on the road in Atlanta and the Buccaneers at plus 310 at Baltimore. I'm going to put $50 on one of them for a nice return. You make the call, John. Which one should it be?
1: Oh, this is a, a interesting twist. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, two puncher's chances there. I would say mm-hmm. I, I would go with the Cardinals and pray that the banged up running back David Johnson can't resist taking on that Falcon defenseless defense, <laughs> and that and that banged up wide receiver Falcons uh, Julio Jones uh, wants a little part of this game. So right. uh, let's try the uh, let's try the Cardinals.
0: All right, I, I like that. And yeah, it's uh, that that one. Certainly had some appeal to me because of the fact that the, the Falcons are just completely done. So even though they may be the more talented team here, once, once they have absolutely nothing to play for, I think the the possibility of the upset uh, is, becomes uh, fairly realistic.
1: Right. All right. Let me try my first pick here. Uh, got to go bowling, obviously, though I needed more research. <laughs>
0: obviously. Yes. Yeah. No,
1: I needed more research than usual for my college football picks this week uh, on a four-game winning streak. Oh, and, it's uh, oh,
0: it's funny. You said I thought you were getting ready to place a bet on, on, on a bowling match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we're not into that. That's in, like, February, I think. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Right. That'll be coming. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: The, I've got the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl Saturday mm-hmm. at noon. I like North Carolina A&T for 110 to win 100, giving seven and a half points. Uh, What's my reason? Uh, This is the third time in four years that A&T is playing in this game, and I like how that sets up a good week in Atlanta. They know where to stay, where the best food is, and so forth. Uh, Familiarity breeds success, I think. So uh, I'm surprisingly comfortable with that pick. I can't name a North Carolina AT player but i like the Mario. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay. Uh for my next bet, uh the points total in the Cowboys Colts game is 47. Uh this Cowboys offense likes to chew up clock. They have a solid defense of their 13 games this season, two have landed exactly on 47 points, eight have gone under that line, only 3 have gone over. The Colts do tend to be in higher scoring games than the Cowboys. But remember, they're just two weeks removed from a 6 nothing game. Uh, and their defense is solid also. Uh, their last seven games, their opponents have averaged 17 points. So I'm going under 47, betting $110 to win $100. Uh,
1: I love that pick. I think that's uh, that's, that's when I lock it up, as I say. <laughs> um uh, my, my pick also is uh, Fresno State minus four over Arizona State, 165 to win 150 on Saturday in the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, these are easily the best teams of the 10 playing in five bowls that day. Uh, I'm not convinced this spread fully accounts for Arizona State star wide receiver Nikhil Harry uh, sitting this one out to dream his NFL dreams in good health. Uh, uh, that's going to really uh, put a damper on the Arizona State offense such as it is. So uh, I'm comfortable with Fresno State.
0: Okay, Uh, and we wrap up with the fast five. Uh, After week 13, I was 31, 31 and three. You were 30, 34 and one. And we both had positive weeks with you having the more positive week to cut into my lead. uh, We split our head to heads. Uh, I know, I know. uh, Cowboys Eagles was a bad beat for you. Good beat for me. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you went four and one to my three and two. So now I'm one game over 500 at 34, 33 and three, and you're one game under 500 at 34, 35 and one. We have just three weeks to go and I'm up first for my first pick. Our dolphins bet is over. I can stop worrying about rooting against them. I'm rooting for them this week. I think eight points is just a little too much to give them against a middling Minnesota team at six or seven. I'd stay away from this game, but I really like the Miami side at eight. Uh, Next up, I don't know if Jerry Jones' refs travel, uh, but without him, the Cowboys are nothing special. Uh, Yes, you can see I'm a little bitter about what happened to the Eagles last week. Uh, But the Cowboys are on this nice five-game win streak. But other than the Saints upset, it hasn't been all that impressive. Uh, The Saints are, in fact, the only over 500 team Dallas has beaten this season. The Colts need this win more. I think they'll cover the three-point spread at home. Uh, Third, the Bears as just five and a half point favorites at home against Green Bay. The bookmakers anticipate the betting public believing in Aaron Rodgers, I guess. But realistically, this line should be seven. Uh, Chicago at home this season is six and one. Make it seven and one. And I don't think this game will be particularly close. Uh, Next, I don't like taking seven and a half point favorites. That half point can come back to haunt you. Uh, But. Not when you're at home against this depleted Washington Redskins team. I know the Jaguars aren't much of a football team this year, but this Washington team is in free fall. Their quarterback, Josh Johnson, learned about his teammates over the past week by playing Madden seriously uh so i think the the jags should win comfortably i'm taking them as seven and a half point favorites and lastly uh it's not even an emotional hedge anymore since i don't have any emotion tied to the eagles this season uh though uh i guess you should never count out uh, an underdog nick Foles team uh but still realistically the rams were installed as seven and a half point favorites It has since moved to 10 or 11 since the Eagles announced Carson Wentz won't play. Uh, The Rams will be motivated coming off a loss last week and playing against the defending Super Bowl champs. I'm taking advantage of the early line as we do here, and I'm picking the Rams.
1: Uh, okay. This is a bit of a nightmare for me. I'm, I'm down, uh, a game with three uh, weeks to play and I have too many similar picks to you. All right. <laughs> I have to, I have to strategize the next two weeks, I think, <laughs> but here we go. These are my picks anyway. Uh, first, uh, chiefs minus three and a half over the chargers. Um, It's disgraceful that a game of this magnitude will be played on a Thursday, uh, given the massive advantage that home teams have demonstrated on Thursday night games over the last few years. Um, It's just terrible. Uh, Plus, Melvin Gordon is questionable with a balky knee. Uh, Running back, uh, back backup Austin Akeeler is out. And running the ball is how you beat the Chiefs. Um, Tyreek Hill is banged up, too, for the Chiefs, but I expect him to play and the Chiefs to cover. Uh, the charters really got screwed there, but um, I'll take the win. Uh, Colts minus three over the Cowboys. You got it. A uh, pair of hot teams. The Cowboys are the old ones who keep winning by slim margins. Yep. Uh, I think the Colts may win by double digits. I'm not sure the Cowboys will score that many. So we're in sync there, unfortunately, for me, <laughs> being a game back. Uh, thank you, uh, tip pass, but I won't mention it. Uh, Bears, <laughs> Bears minus five and a half versus Packers. Again, we agree. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. But they have their bounce back. <laughs> Like angry win after the coach was fired last week. Uh, now they just run into a superior defense and Rodgers doesn't have the personality he once had, so that's simple. And again, I'm frustrated. Like Jaguars minus seven and a half for us Redskins. <laughs> uh, yeah, the team with the inferior record giving more than a touchdown. Uh, but the Skins have a ridiculous 14 players on the injury list this week, uh, seven of whom didn't practice Wednesday. And that doesn't even count quarterbacks Alex Smith and Colt McCoy and pretty much an entire offensive line uh, who are on injured reserve. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Jordan Reed, and Josh Stocks, and that's pretty much what's left of the Redskins offense. Uh, they're banged up, too. Uh, there's just nothing left there. So, uh, thankfully, my fifth pick is not one of yours. Okay. So, uh, Seahawks minus six at 49ers. Um, finally a road team for me. Uh, Seahawks struggled in the red zone against the Vikings on Monday night, but this is a lesser defense, so watch that straighten out. Um, the Seahawks are men on a mission. Uh, I've said I an angry Pete Carroll is a good Pete Carroll. Uh, he's not likable, but uh, he's bettable, so I'm betting him.
0: All right. Uh yeah, it is interesting now as we get close to the end that some some head-to-head strategy does uh, start to come into play. It's probably not time yet for you to uh you know, with 3 weeks still to go, you know, you don't I don't think you need to make any panic plays yet. Uh next week, of course, I'll go second and I could strategically wait to hear your picks and just make all the same <laughs> picks if I'm still in the lead, but I won't do that. I'll, I'll I'll make legit picks, but then for the final week, of course, depending on what the score is uh with you with you going last, uh you know, you may You may, in in that spot, choose to make some pivots after hearing my picks. Uh, But for Uh, now, yeah, three of the same picks this week.
1: That's a gentleman's game. I'll, uh, I'll make my picks and I'll uh, live or die by them.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and John at Bergen Brennan and follow U.S. Bets at U.S. underscore Bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes or the Apple podcast app. And with that, John, please take us out.
1: Yeah, until next time, and uh, unlike last week, I can now say you can actually perhaps take my NFL picks uh, and gamble on.